0: Couch Chats is a series of real, open, honest and raw chats with some inspiring friends and women I've had the privilege to meet along my entrepreneurial journey, as well as some solo episodes from me. I hope this podcast can inspire you to always dream big and make it your reality. I am your host, Jess Williamson, a serial entrepreneur and business coach. And today I have the incredible Kerry Hess, an Australian-born illustrator who has worked with the likes of Cartier, Tiffany & Co, Louis Vuitton, Lancome, Netapore, and so many more incredible fashion brands. Kerry's illustrations have been featured in Vogue as well as the cover of Harper's Bazaar. She has illustrated so many fashion windows, billboards, book covers. Kerry has exhibited solo art shows in Paris, Melbourne and Brisbane, and she is the creator of her own art prints and phone cases. Kerry has lived in London, Hong Kong and Paris, but she is now living in Brisbane, Australia. Today we are chatting to celebrate the launch of her new book, Joy in the Little Things, which is illustrated by Kerry. She shares with me in her interview that she has illustrated over 250 beautiful illustrations for this book and she has had such an incredible career so far. So, we are going to be chatting her all about her journey to get here. Let's get started. Hey, Kerry, I am super excited to have you on today's episode of Couch Chats. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: Amazing. So, There are so many questions that I want to ask you, but what I would love to start with is how did you get started? Now you're a world-renowned artist and everyone knows your name and, you know, you've got such a beautiful signature style, but have you always loved art and creativity? Take us back to when it all began.
1: Oh, thank you for that intro. Um, To be honest, I just always really loved painting as a child and I always just thought that this would be, my hobby. I really didn't think it would ever be a career. Uh, I used to paint on weekends and do art classes, even from about, I think it's about nine. And it's just something that I always loved. And I ended up studying graphic design because I thought that would be leading to a real job and um, still very creative. So I enjoyed graphic design a lot. I worked as a graphic designer for one year and just ended up kind of falling into illustration. I think the world was kind of changing at the time and I ended up um, illustrating a little spot in the magazine that I was working at and this was in my first year as a graphic designer uh, when I was living in London and it ended up just going, going from there. It was a spot where a photo hadn't turned up that week and it was a fashion story and I just remember thinking, and saying to my editor that, you know, I could probably sketch something that would fill that space. It was about
0: little black dresses, and it really just went from there. That's incredible. So obviously graphic design is – Still quite creative, but I guess there's a lot more restrictions and usually it's done on the computer these days. How did you find that? Obviously working one year in graphic design, um, how did you go? How was that? Because I think a lot of people get stuck in the idea that if you love something, it has to be a hobby and that you have to choose something that's a little bit more commercialised. How did you find that journey? Yes, well,
1: as I I mentioned, it kind of started – out as a um, it started out by chance so um, really just that first illustration that I did in the magazine ended up leading to commercial work just with my little credit uh, it ended up leading to companies getting in contact with me and you know that really just led to um, working with businesses so it kind of happened organically and unfolded organically and Uh, you know, I took a chance and kind of saved up for a year while I was working as a graphic designer and just wanted to see whether I could work as an artist for a year. Uh, And I thought, you know, if it doesn't work out, I can go back to graphic design. Uh, But that was about 23 years ago now. And really, it's just, I've not kind of looked back too much. And I feel really lucky that I have managed to kind of move in this direction and stay with working as an artist.
0: Yeah, that is an incredible story. So it's kind of a mixture of right place, right time, but also the fact that you seized those opportunities as well. You know, you didn't just sit back. um, You came forth with ideas and put yourself out there. And so it's it's pretty well known that the art and fashion industries are pretty tough to crack and obviously you got started with that one opportunity that you kind of jumped in when there was no image for that story but how did you get started working with top brands such as Cartier, Tiffany and so many more? Uh, Well the very first
1: job that I ended up doing was with Vogue Australia that was international Um, so Back then I was still living in London uh, and I ended up currying my work to all the different London brands that I was working with in my first foray into being an artist. But then I did end up getting an email from Vogue Australia and they kind of mentioned, you know, maybe you could email us the work that you're doing for a story that we're writing. And it was a fashion story and it was really the first time that kind of technology had changed and we'd started uh, if you can take your mind back this far, emailing attachments so I could sketch up my work, scan it and email it to a business or a company in another country. And that was a really new thing at the time. And wow. it kind of opened <laughs> up the opportunity to work with um, fashion brands in New York or beauty brands in France. And I felt like it was the right time to really give this a try and I think it just it changed the landscape for fashion illustrators at the time.
0: Yeah, it opened up so much opportunity. So obviously there would be no social media at that time if yes, attachment no. was just a new invention. So how did you get seen? Was it just that you were credited and these brands and these editors were seeing your work in other publications?
1: Yeah, I think back then it was really all about print media um, because we didn't have so much digital media that we that we do today so it was really a case of if you did an illustration for Vogue and your credit was in there that would end up leading to all these other jobs or if you did a job for a big fashion label and they gave you a credit that would lead to all of these other jobs as well and so yeah it was a really different landscape obviously there are a lot more you know, opportunities in publishing back then. Um, There's less of those now. It's a lot more digital, but um, yeah, I feel like I've kind of just kept moving along with technology changing and the world changing. And I think that's, as an artist, that's something you just have to do. You can't kind of get stuck in one little niche because the world keeps changing. So. um, Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I think that's key with anything. If you sort of don't keep up or don't you aren't prepared to pivot, then sometimes you get left behind. But what I really love about your art is that you still do it mostly by hand where a lot of, you know, artists or even graphic designers, there's a lot of incredible art programs that you can use on the iPads and things that look like watercolours. But there's such a magic about doing it by hand as well and you've been able to use technology to rather than curing your artwork, get it out there. But you still seem to do most of it by hand. Is that right?
1: Yes, I do. And to be totally honest, I think in the very beginning, I used computers a lot more. And I just realized how much I didn't enjoy that. I didn't enjoy the process of it. And as you say, there can be beautiful work as an outcome that's done on the computer. And, you know, all art is art. Um, But for me, just personally, I found that painting in an analog fashion just suits me a lot more I you know I don't love being on a computer all day I really am in my happiest place when I'm painting with a brush and on paper and I know that's kind of old-fashioned and maybe you know a bit romantic these days but for me that's really where I get my most kind of happiness and enjoyment um, and I think someone too who enjoy uh, experiences a little bit of anxiety at times which is something that I feel sometimes I I definitely um, find that painting is a real creative therapy and I just don't get that feeling from a computer so it kind of it's a win-win for me to paint in an analog fashion
0: Oh, absolutely. And like you said, you know, it's quite romantic and I think it definitely has a different feel to it. Yes. Worked on that by hand. It's so beautiful. Obviously people would sort of have a look at where you're at now and say, oh my gosh, you're so lucky and look at all of the success you have. But as we both know, uh, opportunities don't just tend to land on in, in our laps and you just sort of, had an easy route. I'm sure there's been lots of ups and downs. So what did it really take? And you did touch on a little bit that you started this over 20 years ago now. So what have been some of the challenges along the way? Yeah, I think that I have have been lucky to have had
1: parents that were really supportive of me pursuing art I think I've been really lucky in that but outside of that I think yeah obviously it's 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 just a lot of a lot of hard work honestly and it is also being a bit fearless and trying things where you think you know I might fail at this and it is putting myself out there and my work out there but uh, I'm going to do it anyway and with that, there's so much learning that you have along the way, and I think that helps you, that helps you you grow uh, as both an artist and as someone in business. Um, but yeah, I think that's the main thing: not fearing failure and not kind of uh, fearing hard work as well. Um, that's a big part of it, and just swaying with the wind too. Obviously, the world keeps changing, as we talked about earlier, and I think it's really important to be open-minded to you know especially with a micro business you may be working on something and then the world changes and you get this opportunity to completely pivot and do something different in response to that and I think sometimes that's the best thing about having a really small business whereas you know if you have a really big corporate brand it's quite hard to make those changes really quickly so um Yeah, not fearing failure is the big one, I think. And yeah, I do think hard work's a big part of it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Were there any times where you just thought, oh my gosh, Vogue is contacting me, you know, who am I to be doing this? Did you ever suffer with any imposter syndrome or have you always sort of just taken it in your strides and been super excited about those opportunities?
1: Yeah, I still suffer from imposter syndrome. I think that I think that we all do to an extent. I think there's very few people that deep down don't have a little 5% of imposter syndrome <laughs> inside them. Um, but honestly, I think the more you do, the more you say yes to and you just do, uh, the more you can kind of stamp it out, I think, although it never completely leaves you. It has never completely left me. Um, but... You know, I talk to my, you know, masterclass students about this all the time, you know, not fearing um, perfection, not fearing, you know, something not being perfect because perfection is the thing that I think is the thing that stops all of us doing something we just want to try out. And I always say to my students um, in the masterclass, you know, don't expect your work to be perfect. I don't expect my work to be perfect. And if you just go into something with that mindset, then you can lose a bit of that imposter syndrome and you'll just enjoy the process. And I think that's that's the big thing with art as therapy for sure. But I think it's also important for someone who's working in a commercial sense as an artist because you can get too in your head about it otherwise. You can be thinking, oh, you know, this is for Louis Vuitton. I, I'm so you know overwhelmed by making sure this is perfect. And if you're thinking that, it definitely won't be. So it's better to just go in to every job with an open mind and just know you can redo it if you have to. There's no huge expectation, just do the best job you can. And that's probably when
0: you'll do your best work. Absolutely. I think you touched on a few really key points there. I am coming to you mid podcast episode to let you know that you can win your very own copy of Kerry's newest book, joy in the little things and all you have to do is screenshot this episode share it to your instagram stories and tag kerry at kerry House illustration tag myself at jester williamson8 and also our podcast instagram account at CouchChatspodcast. podcast good luck and we will be announcing the winner in two weeks from the date this goes live so make sure you get sharing and the more times you share the more times you will be entered as well. Good luck and let's get back to the episode. Do you find with being in more a creative space, I sort of dabble a little bit in creative, but I'm definitely more on the logical side of things. (laughs) But I have worked with a lot of creatives and my partner is actually um, a children's book illustrator as well. And I find that creatives sometimes have you know, it's, it's almost a piece of you, every piece of art. And do you ever have a sense of when you put it out there, you get worried about what people might think of it? Or do you just think, I love this, so I'm going to put it out there?
1: Yeah, I think, I think you have to look at it in that latter version that you just mentioned. I think as an artist, you have to just put things out there that, that you love and that you're happy with. And also sometimes document the things that aren't perfect. I mean, there's some some things that I've posted on Instagram that are not my favourite things, but I've posted them anyway or I I didn't think turned out how I really wanted them to turn out and they've been the most engaging pieces of art that I've ever posted and it's really interesting. Sometimes it's, it's okay to just put out there what you really like and not necessarily think is perfect uh, because you never know you might find that your audience really loves what you've done um, and may not respond as much to just the things you think are great so yeah I try and keep that in mind but I think once you create something and put it out there it's going to have a life of its own and some of these things are down to algorithms and not necessarily down to whether it's a really lovely piece of art or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. So you've got to take the expectation out of it, I think, just for your own sanity as well. Absolutely. So so, um, I think that's the same for every creative. You have to kind of just do the best work you can, keep showing up um, and document what you're doing and show people your process and put it out there without expectation and that's the best way uh, and just be pleasantly surprised if something if something really resonates and if it doesn't, that's okay
0: too. A hundred percent. I actually read um, that you were interviewed somewhere else and you mentioned that one of the first platforms that you pitched your artwork to, they told you that it was too <laughs> feminine and not commercial enough. Did that's that what? sort of take you aback or were you just sort of like, what are you talking about? I'm I'm going to make this happen.
1: Yeah, that was actually one of the best thing, things that's ever happened to me. If I'm totally honest, I yeah, I just come back from living in Paris, and I had thought, you know, I really want to create art prints, but I obviously will need a bigger, you know, company that already does art prints to do do them with me and. To you know, let me know that my work is good. Um, and I sent my work to a company that did this and kind of worked with artists on more of a royalty base. So they created the art print and sent them out uh, on behalf of the artist. And you know, they got back to me and just it was really crushing. Actually, they they came back and said, you know, thank you for sending through your work, but we don't see any commercial opportunity for your work in art prints and I was so crushed honestly I was really crushed reading that email but it definitely gave me the kind of energy and inspiration to create art prints myself rather than through you know, a bigger brand. And I'm so glad that that happened. I just thought I'm going to create a really small capsule collection. I'm going to print them myself and pack them myself and just see what happens. And I think back at the time I had, I don't even think I had an Instagram page yet because I had just come back from Paris and Instagram was a bit late to come to, to France, to be totally honest. Yeah. I kind of discovered Instagram when I came back to Australia. Uh, and I think I had 2000 followers on Facebook. And I just let those, those, that community, that little community know about my art prints and people just started buying them. And it was, it was, I was, it was a real moment where I just thought, you know, sometimes you can choose yourself as an artist. And that was also, I think at the time when, you know, e-commerce sites like Shopify and so on were kind of popping up. As well, again, technology is kind of popping up at that very moment, and it was possible to have your own store uh, as as a creative person, and yeah, it really went from there. And I'm to this day so glad that I was rejected um, in quite a quite a, a harsh email by. That company that I really admired.
0: So yeah, um, sometimes it's definitely a blessing disguise. But I think some people, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, would have taken that as a message to give up. But I love that. You know, there's two things that I sort of take from that is that one, you believe in yourself wholeheartedly. And you believed that there would be people out there that love it as much as you do. And that's incredible because something that I always share is it does start with mindset. And if someone was already possibly doubting that it was possible for them, they may have given up at that point, but you believed that it was going to be possible. And you said, let me just do it myself. And the second key thing that I think really resonates for me from that story is that you're the only one that's in control of your success and so you took it back into your control and like you said it was the best thing that ever happened because now you've got a hugely successful online shop and you know people all over the world purchasing your prints so that's just incredible.
1: Oh thank you yeah I think too it's okay to not be everything to everyone Mm -hmm. Uh, and when I, I look back at the brand that I contacted and I'm going to leave them nameless Um, but I actually agree that my work was probably not for their customer Mm -hmm. and I think that that was probably correct and you know if your work is not you know applicable to someone else's customer then you know that's fine you can you can be really niche and you can find your kind of tribe that do love your work and I think that yeah, you just you just don't have to be everything to everyone. It's really, it's almost better to be quite specific, I think, and find the people that really love that and love what you do, and wouldn't wouldn't want something else. So
0: absolutely, yeah, no, that is absolutely spot on. Did you know that when you first started? in terms of this is my niche, I'm going to stick to more fashion, illustrations, or did it sort of just evolve that way? Uh, I think, no, I think I just painted what I loved
1: and mm-hmm. I I love painting and watercolour and I'm obsessed with a vintage aesthetic and I love fashion and beauty. And, yes, yeah, so I don't think I, I thought so deeply about it in terms of um, a market and who this is for I really did just paint what I loved but I think if you do have social media and you're an artist you can get some insight into what your community is responding to so that it ends up I think being a mixture of painting what you love but also responding to what colors and what themes and what compositions your audience seem to really love so it's I think it's a mixture of both that end up being part of everything that I do now.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I think I'm definitely in that niche because everyone (laughs) always teases me about how much pink things I have. Um, (laughs) So you've done an incredible job and I absolutely love every piece that you bring out. So um, it's just beautiful. So now you have your masterclass where you're sharing your talents with other people who want to learn how to paint these sort of paintings, and that's just incredible. And you've recently just launched your book, which is super, super exciting. And, of course, you're doing your paintings and you've got your clients and there are so many things happening. So with a rather busy schedule and all of the (laughs) projects you're working on, what routines and rituals do you do regularly or when you need them to remain focused and not get overwhelmed. And I know you mentioned painting is your form of meditation, but are there any other key things that you know you have to do each day or each week to keep you on track?
1: Yeah, well, I think it comes down to like your per- personality type, and I know that I'm I'm a bit of an introvert and I'm a real homebody. So, I know that I'm happiest when Whilst I love travel, I'm happiest when I'm in a routine at home and I, if I get to start my day with a 10-minute stretch, I almost know it's going to be a good day. It just slows down my, my mind and puts me into a headspace where I just feel like I can handle whatever comes at me today. Um, so if I do that, I always feel great and I tend to start my day with creative work. When I'm feeling my freshest and happiest and most kind of switched on, and then leave administration and emails and you know all of that kind of back and forth uh, work for the afternoon when I'm a little bit less creative, a little little bit more tired from the whole day, and if I can finish my day with a little stroll. Um, something outside, just some sort of movement or a yoga class, then um, that is also an ideal way, I think, to end the day. And, you know, really just those little rituals of a bubble bath. Um, If it's been a bad day, I definitely always have a bubble (laughs) bath. Um, Just because there's something about that, it just um, puts me in a really good headspace and then a good book, just those things, cook something delicious, really simple things. And I guess that's that's really the basis of, of what the book is about, I guess. It's just really, really simple things uh, that end up being the big things that make you feel happy.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing because – as this day and age, you know, continues to go on and you did touch on, you know, you you have anxiety and these things are becoming more and more prevalent, um, the busier that we get and the more touch points that we have and all of these new platforms and everything in our day. Do you have any boundaries around that for yourself? Do you have a team or do you handle sort of everything? I don't handle everything.
1: Um, I have a really small business but some really key people that work with me. Grace, who is sitting next to me, is uh, someone who I am so lucky to have and she manages uh, everything to do with the online store and deliveries and all of those things and gives me a chance to focus more on the creative side of the business. Uh, But in terms of boundaries, I find really little things like turning my phone off at 8pm and just kind of knowing that you can't get back to absolutely everyone. I really would love to be able to get back to absolutely every DM and every single comment that ever comes out there on all the platforms. But sometimes you have to give yourself a break and realize that you can't, you can't actually do everything. And it's okay to switch off sometimes and it's okay to have a little break from social media too for a few days. That's actually quite wonderful Um, because whilst it's such an important part of almost every creative's business, um, including my own, it is also important to give yourself just a little break from that and just be in the, the real world and be really present because for me it's definitely being present and just being in the real world that I'm in right then and there that makes me feel the happiest and I think if you spend too much time on social media you're kind of in a state of the past or the future rather than right now yeah and that can be when you're just not feeling your happiness happiest and mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd try and not give too much of my time to my phone and I think mm-hmm. about it that way if like, you know there's times where you've just spent half an hour scrolling on your phone and you don't know even what you did You don't know where you went, but you know half an hour has passed. Yeah. And I just think I probably would have rather gone for a walk, had a bath or cooked something than spent that time on my phone, if you like. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I also don't start my day looking at my phone either. I think that's really important. I try and think about you know things that I'm grateful for and things that I'm looking forward to today rather than looking at emails and looking at social media as the first thing I do. And that's really made a huge difference.
0: I love that. So you wake up and you take control of your own day, you know, even with starting with your creativity rather than the admin and the emails you're in control of all of that, whereas if you start with your phone and emails, you're really in response mode and that's where I feel like even just for myself, anxiety and things like that come in because you're no longer in control.
1: Yes, and it starts to feel like your emails are your to-do list rather than what you really need to do, which might be other things. So, yes, I think that's really important. Yeah,
0: amazing. So many amazing tips and being so raw. Thank you so much. (laughs) But I do want to chat about, which I am super excited about. Your new book, Joy in the Little Things, has just launched this month, and my copy is in the mail somewhere on this (laughs) way. But tell us about the book. Where did the idea come from? And tell us all about it without giving too many spoilers so that people can really enjoy it when they get their hands on their copies.
1: Yes. Well, it really started out as a kind of fashion and beauty illustrated title. And as I was sketching and writing, I just realized it was it was moving away from that a little bit as I was going along. It was moving more to those little daily rituals of joy and those little routines and those small moments, and I guess gratitude and mindfulness. And I just realized that those things were more important to me than fashion and beauty. Although I love fashion and beauty, you know, still there's still definitely elements of of those things in the book. Uh, but I just felt like I felt more about uh, that kind of intangible sense of joy rather than through actual things so that is really what the book is about and it started I guess with words and then I would sketch out the things that I was writing about and I ended up finding that going into kind of blocks of whole days of writing and then whole days of sketching maybe three or four days of just painting Wow, Um, there's so many there's going to be so many illustrations in this book around 250 so it's definitely the highest number of illustrations I've ever done for anything and I just thought the best way for me to do this is to go into a deep creative zone and set everything up and not pack up for a few days and just go into it because I always find getting started on something is the hardest mm-hmm. uh, and then once I'm into it whether that's writing or painting I, I can do it I can really be in the zone and stay in the zone so that was kind of how it worked and it started quite a while ago in February 2019 so it's been a two-year two-year process this book and um, we were just kind of wrapping everything up during the pandemic um, and it's still the book still felt really relevant in fact it probably felt even more relevant because we were literally having to find all of us having to find joy in the little things at home and all those big glittering shiny moments of overseas travel and big events obviously they just weren't happening so the the book and still still today the book feels like it's really it's really relevant at the moment because of how we're kind of having to adjust our expectations and what we think of as being really joyful and exciting. I think we've had to kind of change our expectations a little bit. So I think that's kind of come through well in the book and and feels really relevant.
0: No, oh, that sounds absolutely incredible, and it is more important than ever. But I think it's just a nice reminder. I mean, it's always been important to find joy in the little things, but I think the last year or so has definitely taught us a few lessons around that so I think the timing is absolutely perfect and I cannot wait to read my copy and I'm sure I'm going to want to put the book all over my walls everywhere (laughs) anything like all of your other pieces of art Um, but congratulations it's super exciting Thank you, and we will be giving one copy away to one of the listeners of this podcast. If you guys can screenshot this episode, share it to your social media, and tag myself and Kerry, and you'll go into the running to win the book, which is super exciting. (laughs) Lovely. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Kerry, for sharing all of your incredible stories, your journey, and so much valuable tips along the way. It's been an absolute honour to chat to you. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was an absolute pleasure interviewing Kerry on this episode of Couch Chats. I hope you got so much out of that episode. If you did enjoy the episode, don't forget to screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories, tag myself, Kerry and Couch Chats. The info will be in the show notes so that you won't miss a beat. Also, I'll include the link to purchase your very own copy of Kerry's book in the show notes so that you can give her some love back. But I hope to hear from you guys all soon. Feel free to DM me anytime. Let me know what you think of this podcast episode it would just mean so so much and make sure you do subscribe because a new episode comes out every Thursday speak to you guys soon